Hey guys, well, welcome to our series on Stand. We are going through the book of Ephesians 6. So as you know, uh, we are learning how to stand with conviction. We're learning how to read the Word of God and apply the Word of God to our life. So whether you're in a watch party right now, or you're in our men's group, or maybe you're just on your own YouTube channel and you're watching right now and you're saying, what is this? I believe God brought you here for a divine purpose. And so we are in week three. We're going to talk about the gospel shoes of peace today. But I want to give a little overview and bring you up to speed with where we've come so far. As you know, in week one, and check it out if you've not watched it yet, we talked about spiritual warfare. It was kind of a hard study, wasn't it? We talked about principalities and powers, but we learned how to go and do supernatural warfare. We learned that the Word of God tells us that we truly are in a battle that there are those three heavens, that heaven that we look to when we pray, and of course that second heaven that we talked about spiritual warfare going on, and the beautiful part of that third heaven in the throne room where God is seated right there on the throne of God, and Jesus sits at the right hand of God the Father. And we want to make sure that we understand these realms, right? I want to coach you and talk to you about these different realms. And so there is a battle. There's a spiritual battle. But I don't just want to talk about the battle. I want to talk about the victory. I want you to know that the armor that we put on, each piece of the armor that he tells us to put on is so we can win, so that we do have victory. And then as you know, in week two, we talked about the belt of truth. We talked about the breastplate of righteousness, that we are to walk in the truth of God, that his word is truth, that God is truth. He speaks truth, that he gives us truth. And make sure you go back and listen to week two if you missed that. And then we talked about that breastplate of righteousness, that it's not our righteousness, but that we put the breastplate of his righteousness on, that we're made righteous through the blood of Jesus. So I want to encourage you again, pick up those videos, go back and watch them and rewatch them and just learn the scripture. But can I bring you some good news? Tonight is going to be a fun night. Or if it's daytime, it's going to be a great day because we're going to talk about a happy topic. We're going to talk about our shoes. Now, if you're like me, I love shoes. And so we might ask ourselves, why did the Apostle Paul talk about shoes when he put together the six pieces of armor? Well, as we all know, shoes are very important. And I want to set it up with this story. Many of you guys know that I walked the El Camino in Spain last year. And can I tell you, out of all the tutorials and everything that I went through, the number one thing they coached me on was having the right shoes. I was getting ready to walk miles. Matter of fact, I did 120 miles in five days. And it was important that I had the right shoes for stability, for endurance, for comfort. And shoes are so important, just like they were with that Roman guard. He had all of that armor on, but he had to have on the right shoes. So remember we set up a couple weeks ago that when the apostle Paul was in that prison in Rome and he was looking at that soldier who was probably watching him and he looked at all the armor that that, that soldier had on and he thought, well, you might have physical armor, but I have supernatural and spiritual armor. So he took those pieces and he kind of laid out for us what that spiritual armor looks like. And he looked at the shoes. Now the shoes were pretty interesting in that Roman guard because they were basically like a cleat. If any of you guys played football or maybe soccer, you remembered your shoes had cleats. They were for stability. They were able to hold you in place to give you that stable ground. So that's what Paul's trying to teach us as believers. You have to put on the gospel 
peace, uh, shoes of peace, and we're going to talk about that. But I want to pick up our verse. So as you know, every one of you should have your notes if you're joining us in our watch parties or our men's groups. So get out your notes, get your pen, get your paper, open up your Bible. I want to coach you through this. I really want to walk you through the Word of God. And let me just tell you right now that even here in the studio, we just prayed. We prayed for you. We want you to know that God does want to give you insight and wisdom and revelation. We want you to go deeper, and I can only take you so far. Any coaching can only take you so far. But the Word of God and the Spirit of God wants to take you so much deeper. So if you open up your heart right now and you open up your eyes and your ears and you say, God, show me what I've never seen before. Teach me what I've never learned before and allow Holy Spirit to speak to you. He will take you deeper. So let's pick up again in Ephesians 6. I want to read this passage to you again. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand in the evil day. And that's what he's addressing, that evil day that we're living in. And having done all to stand, stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth and putting on the breastplate of righteousness. Now let's pick up in today's verse. And having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Do you know you cannot stand firm if you don't have on the right shoes? You have to have on the shoes of the gospel of peace. I love this one. It's probably one of my favorite pieces in the armor because it's peace. It's the peace of God that surpasseth all comprehension. And we're going to talk about that verse. Another translation has it this way. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Today, we're going to talk about the gospel. We're going to talk about the good news of Jesus Christ. Today, I'm going to bring you some peace. We're going to have some talking points of peace. Because as you know, even though we talk about being in a battle, even we talk about warfare, and look, I'm going to be honest with you, we'll get to it in a minute. I'm tired. I have what we referred to last week, battle fatigue. If you're like me, it's just like I'm worn out. I'm tired of all the stinking thinking and the negative releases and all the news media. But I'm telling you what, the Bible tells us that we can put on the shoes of the gospel of peace, that we can walk in peace, that we can be filled with peace. And that's what we're going to talk about. So the right shoes are vital. You know what I want to talk to you right now about is what were these gospel shoes? So to answer the question, why did he talk about shoes? It's because I want you to break down gospel means, the word gospel, and it's in your notes, so write it down right now. The word gospel means good news. So whenever you hear the word gospel, literally it is the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the word of Jesus Christ. It's the scripture. It's the Bible. It's the good news. There is some good news to talk about. And then the word peace, write this down in your note, literally means, this is so good, wholeness or salvation. So when we talk about putting on the good news, the gospel of peace, I want to bring to you peace, wholeness, completeness. You're not lacking anything. Matter of fact, if you look at the Hebrew word, the Hebrew literally means shalom. You know, there's just something peaceful about the word shalom. If you've ever been to Israel or you have Jewish friends, they actually greet one another with the word shalom. And they also, when they are saying goodbye, they say shalom. And that word shalom means nothing broken, nothing missing. Nothing broken, 
nothing missing. It's completeness. So when you put on the gospel shoes of peace, you are walking in shalom. You are walking in God's peace. And that's why it was so important that Paul talked to us about having on these shoes. Yes, they're cleats. They're going to hold you sturdy and strong, but they're going to bring you peace. The gospel of peace is none other than the good news of salvation. You know, the word readiness implies constant vigilance and being aware. Now, what I want you to talk about right now, and you'll be talking about this in your small groups and thinking about this, are you vigilant? Are you aware? Are you watching? In your notes, you probably have the scripture. It's so good. It talks about being prepared. We are to be ready with truth. We are to have our feet ready with the gospel of peace. In 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, preach the word and be ready in season and out of season. Listen, now this one's going to be a really good lesson for us because we're going to talk about the evangelism shoes of peace. The Bible tells us in Timothy, Paul's talking to Timothy and he said, Timothy, my son, be ready in season and out of season to spread the good word. As Christians, we are called to share the gospel of the good news of Christ. Sometimes we call it our testimony. We call it sharing our faith. We call it evangelism. But when I was reading through all the different pieces, I never thought really, to be honest with you, that these were evangelical shoes. They were shoes of sharing the gospel. So what I want to do tonight, and I honestly think it's our most important lesson together. I want to talk to you about having on shoes of evangelism. Do you realize, everyone listen, men listen to me right now, ladies in your small groups and watch parties, listen, individual watching me right now, you are to be sharing the gospel of peace. You are to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. The problem with America today and the problem with our churches today and the problem with our world today is we're not sharing the gospel of the good news. We've lost that edge of evangelism. We think that it's a private matter, a personal matter. I don't want to offend anybody. I don't want to force religion down anybody. Do you realize that's exactly where the enemy's going to come? The enemy's going to try to keep you from sharing your testimony. We're all called to put on the gospel shoes. In Romans 10, verse 15, the Bible says, How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. We're going to talk about those shoes of evangelism. You see, there's two purposes for putting on the shoes. And I want you to write these down if you don't have it in your note. Notes. Number one, it's for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why I'm putting my shoes on. I'm taking the gospel. When I put on my shoes and I was on the El Camino every morning, it was going to lead me on the path of my journey to complete the El Camino. Well, every morning when I put on my shoes of the gospel of peace, I've got to know every day. Today, when I got ready, I said, Lord Jesus, who are you going to bring in my path that I get to talk to about Jesus Christ? Who do I get to share my faith, my story, my convictions? Who do I get to share with? That's those shoes of the gospel of peace. So you have to know that. But number two, the most important thing other than the gospel of peace is that you would know the peace of God. You personally would walk in the peace of God. And we're going to talk about that in a few moments. So what I want to do with you right now, I want to talk to you about making sure that you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Do you know that our churches are filled with people that come to church, but they don't know Jesus? 
A lot of us feel like because we grew up in a Christian home or we were born in a Christian nation that we are Christians. But you've, you, my friend, you, you are sorely mistaken if you think that you are Christian just because you go to church or you're in a Christian nation. You have to confess Jesus as your Lord and your Savior. You have to know what it means. So you can't share your faith with someone that you've never had an experience with. So what I want to do is I want to walk you down the Roman road. And we're going to have a good time together tonight doing this. So let me tell you a, bit, a little bit about what the Roman road was, because people are looking for this answer. The Roman road, and, and it literally was the road in Rome that led to all other roads. Everything started in Rome. And the Apostle Paul used this Roman road as analogy in the book of Romans to lead people to Christ. It was his way to say in the book of Romans, let me lead you to salvation. And I'm going to walk you through that, but I want to set up what the Roman road was. It provided all of the movements of armies or officials or civilians or communication or trade. Everything was done on the Roman road. So they would take every means down the Roman road to take their trade or their communication or anything. The Roman road were, there were several kinds ranging from small and local roads to long distance roads to eventually even highways. So do you see how Paul in his wisdom took the analogy of a Roman road and he said, let me walk you through in the book of Romans how to know Jesus Christ. Let me show you the Roman road of salvation. Let me show you the Roman road of salvation. So if you have your Bibles right now, I'd love for you to open them to every one of these scriptures and I want you to mark it. Now, the way that I do this in my Bible, I'm going to start you in Romans 3.23. So open up your Bible to Romans 3.23 and I'm going to ask you to highlight this verse. And this is step number one in the Roman road to salvation. The scripture says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have come short. That means you've missed the mark. You cannot be saved on your works. We talked about last week. Righteousness comes from him to you. It's a gift. It's not your righteousness. It's not your gift or your goodness. It's a free gift of God. So go to Romans 3, 23, underline it for all have sinned. And I think you all know that. You can look around the room and make sure you know we've all sinned and we've fallen short of the glory of God. So your first step in saying to someone is, we've all sinned. Hey, buddy, you're just like me. You've sinned. I've sinned. The whole world of sin has sinned. And then you want to take him to the second passage. Now, what you want to do in your Bible is you want to mark right there in the column next to Romans 3, 23, you want to mark Romans 6, 23. So now you know if all you can do is get to Romans 3, 23, you'll always have the whole Roman road because I'm going to show you how to mark that in your Bible. So in the margin of 3:23, write 6:23, and then flip over right now to Romans 6:23. Got it? All right, in Romans 6:23, the Bible says, "For the wages of sin is death." So the payment at the end of all of your life, everything you're given, your wages is death. But the good news is, the Bible says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So you're going to say to someone, if you're sharing your faith, and we'll talk about how to do this in just a minute, you're going to let them know that at the end of their life, the payment for their sin is death. But there is an answer because Jesus Christ has given them the free gift of eternal life. Got it? All right, right there next to the margin of 623, you want to write Romans 5, 8. 
So you're actually going to go back a chapter to 5.8 on the Roman road. And it says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us. God demonstrated his love toward us in, thou, in, in that when we were sinners, Christ died for us. Are you with me on this Roman road? Do you realize that even in your sin, Christ died for you? So what we're doing is we're establishing the truth that we've all sinned, that the wages of our sin is death, but that he's given us the free gift and he gave us that gift of his love in Romans 5, 8. So now we're there. Then what I want you to do in the margin of 5, 8 is I want you to write this scripture, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Do you see how I'm showing you how in your Bible to literally walk them down this Roman road, this way that they can actually find salvation? In Romans 10, 9 and 10, the Bible says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be, say it with me, saved. This is one of the most important verses in the Bible. This Roman road and leading you to salvation brings you to this beautiful verse in Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if I confess that I have sinned, I agree that I've sinned and I've asked him to forgive me and cleanse me from my unrighteousness. My confession, my repentance leads to salvation. And then there's one more in the margin I want you to write, Romans 10, 13. Just a couple verses down, you're going to read with me. It says again, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's salvation. That's the gospel of peace. That's the salvation shoes. You put those shoes on every day. It's part of your armor. You're putting on your salvation. You're reminding yourself every day, I am saved. I am forgiven. I, I am, I'm destined for eternity. That's part of the, the weaponry you put on. Don't forget your salvation. Don't forget it's the gospel of peace. I can walk every day in the peace. I know that I'm a child of God. And the reason I wanted to walk you through this is first of all, so you would know it but then so you can put those shoes on of evangelism so that you can begin to talk to your friends about it. You guys, there's nothing more beautiful than evangelism. Back in the day I grew up and in my home, we had something that was called evangelism explosion, EE. If you're old enough, maybe you remember it. And I was taught how to share my faith. My parents were very evangelistic. And they taught me as a little girl how to lead someone to Christ. And I will tell you, I led friend after friend after friend to Christ. I brought people to church. I brought them to our home. We fed them. It was just a part of my church. So I'm very passionate about this. It was a part of my parents' conviction. And I think we've lost that a little bit, my friend. If you're a part of Influence Church, I'm so excited to tell you in the fall, we're going to be launching a discipleship program so we can begin to tell you how to know the fundamentals of your faith, how to be strong and solid in your faith. We've lost some of these tools, and that's why it was so important that the Apostle Paul, while in prison in Rome, spoke to the church at Ephesus, and he said, know your salvation, be solid in your faith, and be sharing your salvation. That is so important that you walk in peace. It's so important that you know that. So I'm telling you right now, remember I ended with a story last week of one of the men in our church years ago who came to Pastor Phil and he said, my whole life I've substituted being a good boy for the new life and salvation and redemption of Jesus.
It has to start with confession. It has to start with you knowing that you need Jesus Christ. I wanna take a moment right now and I wanna tell you that it starts with conversation. So a lot of times when I sit down with somebody and I begin to talk to them, I'll just say, so what's your story? And they'll begin to tell me their story. And I'll say something like, has there ever been a point in your life that you confessed your sin to Jesus? Has there ever been a point in your life that you acknowledge the God of heaven? We call it a testimony. We call it sharing our faith. I'm telling you what, listen to me, everyone. It has to be conversational. It has to be sitting down with a cup of coffee or over a meal or with a good book and you're just sharing. It has to be real and raw. It has to be you being honest and saying, you know, there was a time in my life that I felt empty. I tried everything. I tried success and money and relationship. I tried all these things, but it was a void in my life. As we've mentioned before, that beautiful quote of Anselm, within every man is a God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill. Has there ever been a time in your life that that void was filled with the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, you can do that by simply confessing your sin and inviting Jesus to come in and be your savior. It starts with salvation, which leads to evangelism. I'm telling you, every one of us have to put on the gospel shoes of peace, and that's part of our armor. But do you realize that that's not all it is? It's not just the peace of salvation. It's the peace of mind. When I was working on this lesson, and I've mentioned to you, I love sitting down and just studying and researching and watching YouTube videos and, and learning. I, I, I had to walk through my salvation experience, and I'm going to tell you what I did. I sat down in my chair, and I just thanked him again. I thanked him for my salvation. I thanked, you for the, thanked him for the free gift of eternal life. I thanked him for my parents that led me in salvation. I thanked you for the church that I grew up in, but I just sat in stillness and awe. I'm trying to show you what I did. I sat there and I just thanked him for the sacrificial gift of eternal life. I am destined for eternity. I am destined for heaven because of salvation. I have the peace of God because of my salvation. Will you just sit and ponder on that? Don't ever, ever, ever take for granted your salvation. It is first and foremost the most important thing you do in your life is you have a relationship with the God of the universe that gave you breath, that gave you life, that gave you destiny, that gave you identity, that gave you hope and encouragement and peace. That starts at salvation. And it is incumbent upon us to share that salvation through sharing our faith with another but then it's peace. I can just sit in peace. You know, a lot of times I get up in the morning, I go into my prayer room, I have a prayer room, and I men mentioned to you, many of you know, I have this big prayer rock in my room that, that I sit at and I pray. And there's some mornings, you guys, that I just sit there and I put on worship music. I'm, I'm just kneeling in front of it and I, I try to take every thought captive, like the scripture says. I try to let all the negative thoughts and all the negative emotions and the anger or issues I'm carrying in my life. I just, I get rid of them. I try just to sit in stillness and silence and I breathe in the peace of God. I like to start my mornings with God and just the peace, as I've mentioned, that surpasseth all comprehension. The Bible says that will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you, whether you're in your car or in your home or on a walk or working out, that you take a few moments and you breathe in the peace, that shalom, that shalom of God, 
breathe out anxiety and tension and fear. I want to walk you through that kind of piece. That's what those shoes are all about. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that piece. It's a beautiful piece. It says that we are to prepare for the gospel of peace. In 2 Timothy 1.7, the Bible says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. He gives us the peace that surpasseth all comprehension. In Philippians 4, 7, write that verse down if it's not in your notes. And the peace of God, which surpasseth, that means it goes beyond all understanding. I can't understand this peace, you guys. When I'm living in the middle of chaos and conflict, that the peace and the shalom of God, look, you're not going to find this peace anywhere else. You cannot find it in a natural realm. You can only find it in a supernatural realm. You can only walk in the peace of God that surpasseth all comprehension. It's going to guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So memorize that verse in Philippians 4, 7. You know, the opposite of a thing of peace is chaos. And we all know that. We've been living it the last three years. And the enemy wants to bring chaos on you. Satan wants to cripple you with chaos. Of all the things, listen, I wrote these things down. I want to read them to you. Of all the things the enemy seeks to steal and kill and destroy in your life, it is your peace. He's trying to take peace from you because he knows Jesus' name is peace. He wants to take that from you. He wants you to be in chaos and war and conflict. He intentionally stirs up discord and division and disruption and disturbance both within you and around you. All this turmoil that we've been feeling over the last three years is the enemy trying to bring everything but peace in your life. Many of us have not put on the gospel shoes of peace. We're not walking in peace. We're walking in the world system. We're walking in the enemy strategy. He is the master, the enemy of chaos and confusion, using every opportunity on opportunity to upset and uh, your sense of well-being and stability. He is using every opportunity to upset your sense of well-being and stability. Anything he can do to take you off guard. Listen, that's why the shoes are important. That's why those cleats on the shoes, it holds you stable. Satan, I will not be moved. I will stand strong. I will put on the belt of truth. I will put on the breastplate of righteousness. I will put on my gospel shoes of peace. Do you realize how it's important to have those shoes on? The enemy wants you to be uneasy and unbalanced. He wants to fill you with anxiety and worry and turmoil. He wants you lacking peace. He wants you to have a life without peace. But you see, that leaves you unprotected and crippled and unable to move forward. It hinders you from spiritually maturing. You know, I want to talk to you about some peace bandits. Have you ever had a peace bandit? You know, something's just going to come and try to take out your peace. I want to tell you what I think they are in our day-to-day. These are peace bandits. Number one, social media social media. That is a peace bandit. I'm telling you what, I know we all use that platform, many of us. For me, I use it for ministry. I I do prayers over it. I do testimonies. I give you scriptures. I try to encourage you. So I'm trying to use that, that platform 
I'm trying to use that as an opportunity. But I'll tell you what, I'm like you. I get on it and I see negativism. I see post. I see um, comparison. That's a big one. If somebody has more likes than me, I'm thinking, what am I doing wrong? What should I do different? This constant comparison, wars, anxiety, evil. I'm telling you right now, you've got to ask God, what should I be doing with social media? The last thing you need to be doing is laying in bed at night and scrolling through your social media. I believe it's demonic. I believe it's evil. I'm going to tell you because the last thing that you need on your mind when you go to bed at night is scripture. If you're going to be doing anything, read through scripture. I have a Bible app on my phone and I literally have a scriptures reading over me and bathing me at night with scripture. And then I close that app and I go to sleep. I have to make sure. Do you realize that you may be sleeping, your body, your, sub, your, your body's sleeping, but your subconscious is not sleeping. You have six to eight hours that your subconscious is still thinking and warring. This is that supernatural realm. Do you realize sometimes you wake up from a dream and you go, where did that come from? Because there is supernatural activity going on while you're sleeping. And you need to make sure that at night, when you are in that rest and you are sleeping, that you have put God's word in your mind and you're battling. Every night before I go to bed, I just ask God, give me dreams and visions. Give me dreams and visions so I wake up with what you want me to have in the morning, God. Begin to think, don't waste that window of time. Ask God to use that time in your life as a sharp sword. We're going to talk about that in the days to come. A two-edged sword. Know the Word of God. So make sure that you're not being robbed by the bandit of social media. Second, news outlets. If you're like me, I'm always scrolling through news outlets. Every morning I get up and on my email feed, I've got about 15 to 20 that I've subscribed to, but they're news outlets. And many of them are so negative. I've got to be very careful with those news outlets. Of course, I always do want to put a pitch in for American faith. So I believe that's news you can trust. And if you're not a part of American faith, make sure that you subscribe to that. But then also negative people. You know, those stinking thinkers. I love that Zig Ziglar. If you've ever followed Zig Ziglar back in the day, I loved him positive thinking, but it was a man of God. And he talked about stinking thinking. I'm telling you what, there's negative people in your life. If there are those people in your life, get rid of them. Don't entertain their thoughts. Don't allow them to be zappers, bandits in your life. Just say, listen, I'm going to tell you what, and here's what I do. I say, can I just tell you right now, I'm, I'm kind of on this search right now of my life of just positive people, positive things, positive thoughts. And I'm taking this little window right now to just pour into myself through discipleship and coaching and mentorship and the word of God. And so I'm kind of taking a window for the next six weeks to just try to walk with God. So I don't want you to be offended, but if I don't respond to your texts or emails, it's because I'm trying to pull away right now. I'm trying to assess everything that comes into my life. So know that I love you, but, but listen, right now, I just want to watch my mind, watch my thoughts. I just really need to watch my emotional energy and just be honest with them. But you have to get away from negative thinkers, people who don't care about you and every single thing they say to you is negative. It's your job to do that. No one can do it for you. So be very intentional about being kind, but separating yourself from those negative thinkers. And then your personal thoughts. Do you realize Satan will come with your thoughts? And I have thoughts all the time of fear, comparison, anger, temptation, loneliness, those are coming to my mind. Why do you think the Bible tells us to take every thought captive? Why or how? 
by renewing our mind. So you realize you can sit in self-pity or loneliness all day long, and it's incumbent upon you to take every thought captive. The Bible tells us in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give you the peace of the world. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in me, do not be afraid. Do you realize he gives us this peace? It's the gospel shoes of peace. Do you realize that you can walk in peace? I'm so excited, as I said, out of the six pieces of armor that we put on, this is a peaceful message. In the midst of chaos and confusion and disruption, and I call it this three-year war that we've been in since COVID, this three-year war, I can walk in peace. And I'm telling you, this was a really good lesson for me because I've been a little stirred up lately. And it was as if the Holy Spirit said to me, Tammy, you need to stop and settle down, my, my girl. <laughs> you need to be walking in peace. You need to breathe and relax and trust me that I've got this. You need to smile and have the joy of the Lord. You need to know my peace. Do you believe that I've won the war? And I say, yes. Do you believe that I've given you my peace? And I say, yes. And then he said, walk in my peace. Share my gospel. Share my story and walk in peace. In 2 Thessalonians 3.16, the Bible says, this is so good, write it down. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling conflict with a wife or a husband or a friend or a colleague, memorize this scripture, 2 Thessalonians 3.16. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. Let me tell you what, when Satan comes with a flaming missile of doubt, like if God really loved you, he wouldn't let this happen. Then you dig those shoes in the, God, in the word of God and you reply, thus it is written, all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose, Romans 8, 28. When the enemy comes and he says to you, oh, you don't, God doesn't care about you. Remember all that stuff that you did? If people in this group really knew what you were all about, they wouldn't even want you here. You dig those shoes in the word of God and you say, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 John 1, 9. I'm telling you, you put those cleats of the gospel of peace and you walk in your integrity you walk in your calling, you walk in the word of God, and you walk in peace. You share the gospel of peace. Do not let the enemy get a stronghold. Do not let the enemy speak to you. You speak the word of God over yourself. Oh, wasn't that so good? I love the gospel of peace. Your shoes will keep you firmly planted. I want you to quote this over yourself. And we're going to end with this quote right now. Many of us know it. It's the blessing. We know the song. Often we sing this over ourselves. but I want to encourage you to learn this. I'm going to encourage you to, to download the song. If you don't know it, I personally love it by Carrie Job, but it's called the blessing. And this would really, really be good for you to memorize. In number six, verses 24 through 26, the Bible says, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. 
the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God wants to give you peace. And if you're not feeling that peace right now, all you have to do is receive it. Just like you receive salvation and you walk in the faith of your salvation, you can receive peace and walk in the joy of the peace of God. So tonight, as you go through your discussion questions and your coaching questions, I just want to pray right now, I'm going to close in prayer that you truly would separate the anxiety of the world from the spirit of peace of God who wants to be over you tonight. So Holy Spirit, I just want to pray right now. You tell us that you are peace. Jesus, you told the disciples that you were leaving, but you were going to heaven and you were going to send the comforter and that he would bring peace. And Holy Spirit, we know that you are in our midst right now. This week, I've walked in peace. You've taught me how to separate my anxiety and my discouragement and my despair and all that's going on in the world today from peace. You told me to put on the gospel shoes of peace. You've convicted me to share my testimony with others. And in that comes peace. There's a joy about me when I share my story and I lead others to Christ. And then there's that peace because I know you personally. So I pray everyone watching right now would put on the gospel shoes of peace and we would not walk in anything other than the joy of the Lord. We thank you for this lesson tonight. Bless our leaders right now and our discussion groups and everyone watching. Give them your peace in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for being a part of this. As you know, we have three more pieces of armor we're going to put on, so stay tuned. It only gets better. Love you guys. Memorize Ephesians 6 and go back and pray this blessing from Numbers over you. Have a great day. God bless.